Welcome to Corvette Today, the podcast that talks about everything Corvette, with your host Steve Garrett, MC and DJ at one of the largest Corvette weekends in the country, Corvette Fun Fest, president of the Corvette Club of Kansas City, Missouri, and radio disc jockey at the number one radio station in Kansas City for over 40 years. Here's Steve Garrett. Thanks for listening and watching Corvette Today, the show that talks about everything Corvette and the only current podcast dedicated to Corvette. I'm your host, Steve Garrett. I appreciate you tuning in. Corvette Today is brought to you by Wheelcraft. Want to dress up your Corvette with bright chrome or black chrome wheels? Learn about their advanced PVD chrome finishing. They can refinish your wheels or offer a wheel exchange for most models, and it comes with a five-year warranty. Visit wheelcraft.com today or call 833-639-4231. You can listen to Corvette Today on all podcast platforms. You can also listen on your smart device. Just say, hey, Google or Alexa, play the podcast called Corvette Today and you're connected. Be sure and visit the updated Corvette Today website. It's corvettetoday.com. You can also access everything there, including the Corvette Today merchandise store. You can also join the Corvette Today Facebook group there and sign up for Corvette Today emails, notifications, and updates at corvettetoday.ck.page. And if you like YouTube, you can subscribe to the Corvette Today YouTube channel. See all Corvette Today episodes on YouTube. And be sure and patronize our flagship sponsors of Corvette today, Aerolari Wheels, a true forged wheel with over 20 different unique styles to choose from for your C8 and wide-body versions of the C7, C6, and C5 Corvettes. It's an amazing value, starting at only $23.88 for a set of four fully forged wheels. And use the promo code CT111 and get $100 off your purchase. Visit aerolari.com, that's A-E-R-O-L-A-R-R-I.com, and use the promo code CT111 for your $100 discount. And Soul Performance Products. Developed and manufactured in the United States, the Soul Performance Products exhaust portfolio has been tailored to elevate the experience of the world's most exciting sports cars, including the latest generation of the Corvette. Soul Performance Products, the official exhaust of Corvette today. Also, midenginecorvetteforum.com, the forum that focuses on the new mid-engine C8 Corvette. Meet a lot of Corvette enthusiasts like yourself at midenginecorvetteforum.com. And a shout-out to Corvette Forum and CanadianCorvetteForum.com, welcoming Corvette enthusiasts from around the world. So on today's show, we have the trio here of the Corvette team. We have Josh Holder, the chief engineer, Taj Juchter, the executive chief engineer, and Harlan Charles, the brand manager, answering your questions on Corvette today. Guys, first, you've all been on the show on your own before. Thank you so much for coming back on Corvette today. It's great to be here. Thanks for having us. Yep. Thanks. Always always a lot of fun. So what we did is this. I talked to Josh, and I said, how about, Josh, you answer everybody's questions from midenginecorvetteforum.com and Corvette Forum. And Josh said that would be great. So I submitted questions on both forums. They answered back, and we've got your questions here. But it was nice because Josh offered to have Harlan and Taj here with us today. So all three of the horsemen get to answer your questions. <laughs> three musketeers. That's right. The three musketeers are I should, here. I should explain something because um, people remember, and people get a little confused sometimes. you got Josh as the chief engineer and me as the executive chief engineer. That sounds redundant maybe um it used to be a long time ago in the dave hill days you had a chief engineer and assistant chief engineer so i was assistant chief engineer to dave hill's oh, chief engineer okay it didn't bother me but a lot of the other assistant chief engineers 
felt like they were treated like an administrative assistant. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> not good. Even though it was an executive job at General Motors. And so a decision was made a long time ago, we're going to move everybody up a notch, not in salary or pay, but we're gonna, what we're going to do <laughs> is we're going to change the titles to chief and executive chief. Right. So nobody's an assistant. That's good. That's really good. Well, guys, let's get into the questions here. We've got all sorts of stuff. We're going to start off with John Elegant from Mid-Engine Corvette Forum. John wants to know, for someone that's considering purchasing an E-Ray, talk about the ZER performance packages in terms of suspension, firmness, and cushiness, along with the characteristics versus the non-ZER E-Ray. Who wants to start off? Harlan? Well, I'll start off. Um, so, uh, Initially, because the, the uh, E-Ray was designed with the all-season tire, all-new tire, we thought there'd also be customers, they want the higher-performance tire, the same one that's on the Z06, the PS4S. And so we created the ZR Performance Package. And at one time, we thought, oh, maybe we need different chassis tuning and everything, but the engineers and development were able to do that with the same chassis tuning. So it's really um, just as comfortable. You just have the higher-performance tire. The other part... Part of the ZR package you do get, though, if you, you know, it's a tentative. Somebody does use it on the track, you get the higher wickers to install on the spoiler okay. for track use. So it, it's really mostly a tire option, though, for the ZER. Really? So it's it, there's not anything characteristic-wise or accessory-wise, it's more the tire package then, right? Correct. Okay. Yeah, how do you plan to use it if you expect to do a lot of driving, cross-country driving, for example, and you're never going to track the car? You might say, well, I'd rather be more comfortable in the rain, and I'll give up a little bit of ultimate performance to get that, so you'd stick with the all-season if you intend to track your car, or you spend all your time in perfect conditions, you know, hammering on back roads. You'd say, I want a summer tire, I want max performance. But I think the question, honestly, the more relevant question might be, where does it the E-Ray chassis stack up against other Corvette models. Right. And so you see the car, it's got this wide body, 345 rear tires, it speaks volumes of performance. And even though it comes with all seasons, it wouldn't be a parallel to a standard Stingray. It like starts at Z51 and moves up from there in terms of what you'd feel about vehicle responsiveness, ride frequencies, you know, the ride comfort associated. So the Z06 would be the most aggressive chassis tuning. This would be in the middle and actually probably a little closer to the Stingray, but still a little more aggressive than the Stingray, but still all around comfort all day long, whichever tire selection you make. And, mag and magnetic ride is standard on the E-Ray. Oh, that's good. That's really good. And when we started out with the ZER package, it was early in development. We'd just gotten our, what we call integration vehicles, prototype vehicles. We're starting chassis development. We knew we were going to keep a common sort of core chassis tuning, roll stiffness, spring rates. But oftentimes, when we do a tire, it comes with other calibration work that happens, mostly software calibration. Well, when as we got further along the road on the E-Ray, the team realized that the, the all-wheel drive dynamics are so capable that we can actually keep a common calibration. And a lot of customers have asked, hey, I want to swap tires. What do I need to do? Well, it doesn't really work that way. You're going to make a compromise or you're going to have to reflash the car with different software so we did, made a conscious decision let's do this intentionally we can keep a core common calibration and if a customer does want to swap back and forth with tires for the first time in e-ray you can do it with doing nothing else that's really great so when they start ordering they know that what they are intending to use the car for they can either order the zer package or not the zer package based upon what they're going to use the car for 
Right. That's perfect. And then they can flip the other way without having to do any of the other software changes, which it's funny because it puts us in the opposite position of we usually are when people come to us and they always want to do a tire swap. And we're like, oh, my gosh, no, the whole chassis is calibrated around those tires. So we discourage people. Now we're the other way. We're, we're encouraging people. You can go either way. It's That's fine. perfect. That's <laughs> perfect. Let's go to the next question, guys. From Corvette Forum, we have Bear asking, does the E-Ray have AEB, which is automatic emergency braking? And if so, can AEB be turned off and do kind of the following distance indicator as in use? And he also says, if AEB can be turned off, does the icon light up or does it stay lit on the dash or on the HUD? Would it need to be turned off each time the car started? So the I'll start and they can chime in. The automatic emergency braking system can be completely disabled. So you can turn the alert and the braking feature off. When you turn it off, I think a part of the question was, are you going to see uh, the icon, the off icon in the in the instrument cluster, and the answer right. to that is yes. You will you will see that lit. That's a way to notify someone that may think it's on that it's not on. Right. That condition will stay what we call latched with a key cycle. So if you don't want it to ever intervene, you just want to turn it off, and you don't want to have to mess with it ever again. You can do it one time, and it'll stay that way. Oh, nice. If you turn off, uh, another option is to turn off uh, only the braking and and keep the alert. If you do that, the systems that Go along with the front camera. One one gauge that we didn't really talk about yet. We have a following distance gauge that will show you in time how close you are to the car ahead of you. Okay. When you have the alert on, that not only does the alert show up your following distance, but that time gauge will start to work. Uh, wow. So if you turn that off, you're not going to get that information. That you still uses the camera signal for that. That's great. That's great. And generally speaking, around AEB, we're, we are usually um, look askance at what the media calls nanny systems that, right. you know, take over because we're not trusting your competence as a driver. And we want to make sure that they don't interfere with driving fun. Sure. That's the whole purpose of this car. And we've been able to calibrate it such that it stays out of your way until you really need it. In fact, it's really hard. We go out and do our vowels and, and try to see if we trust it to work <laughs> as you close in on a vehicle from behind. And it's really, really hard to wait for the system to work. It waits to the last second, which it can because Corvettes have such great brakes, it can stop an imminent crash in a very short distance. And so it stays completely out of your way until you really need it. That's cool. And and we actually announced today at at the uh, at the bash that all 2024 Corvettes will have this feature standard. That's great. As a matter of fact, we're recording at the NCM Michelin Bash, and you guys just got off your seminar. Talk about what's standard and coming up new for 2024, real quick. Yeah. So there's basically a, in like a better term, a suite of of safety features, like we talked about the following distance indicator, the automatic braking. There's a pedestrian. Braking. There's the uh, IntelliBeam, which does your high-low beams automatically. There's a lane keep assist, uh, lane departure warning, and there's one more. Did I get them all? I think you got them all. Breaking. I bet I got them all. <laughs> anyway. anyway, I think that's all. But <laughs> basically, it's a lot of features that, to be honest, um, a lot of cars have had, you know, in their lineup, and people have been asking for that in Corvette, and we've brought that up. And just like... Um, all these features, just like Tad said, they w we wanted to make sure that they're calibratable by the customer, to use them as much as you like or not, and that it doesn't take away from 
the joy of driving. That's great. And of course, automatic emergency braking, you can adjust the following distance. I find, I think a lot of us do, that once you get the distance set, it really doesn't interfere like Ted said. It's not yeah. interfering with the driving experience. So I don't really think there's a reason to turn it off. For example, if you go into track mode, it automatically disables it. You don't have to worry about that kind of interference. And lane keep assist, we spent a lot of time in lane keep assist. We were a little bit paranoid that it would interfere in a way that a customer thinks they're steering isn't what they want it to be and it really hasn't worked out that way so i found myself personally driving of course we're still testing them and and getting exposure to them but i'm keeping them on yeah and they're not really interfering with yeah me too that was a surprise for me you know what i was like i would probably just leave this on it doesn't bother me i was like thinking i was going to get the first thing is like what do i you know people get in what do we turn off and it's really not like that it only comes in when if you really need it so set it and forget it Exactly. And That's if, great. And if you want it a certain way, it'll stay that way. Nice. That's great. All right. Question number three is from mid-engine Corvette Forum, a person named Little Zombut. He said, in the, owner, in the owner's manual for the C8Z06, there's a warning about tires used on the track. Now, does this apply to both Pilot Sport 4S and the Pilot Sport Cup 2R tires? And can you give us some background and insight about the warning? So I think the warning that might be confusing people that he's referring to, there's a special warning about uh, inflation pressures to run at high speed. Okay. That was really meant for sustained high speed. Think um, Autobahn, which most people here don't get to experience with their Corvette, or Silver State Rally. There's a few areas where people can do really high sustained high speeds. So there's a higher inflation pressure recommended for driving situations like that. It's really meant to prevent the tire from overheating with prolonged high-speed driving. What most people would use from daily driving would be what's recommended in the track setup inflation pressures. There's cold pressures, and it depends on front or rear and which tire you're using, but it's clear in the manual how to set those pressures for track driving. Great. Let's go to the next question. Question four is from CorvetteForum.com. John B. asks, on the E-Ray, does the front drive hardware create a corner entry push in low grip situations? Does it freewheel on corner entry or with active handling and traction control off, do the front brakes interfere with power oversteer? So there's a lot there. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I even knew exactly what I just asked you guys. It's a, to really, be it's with a, you. It's a really good question. It, it is? It okay. is. And there's a bunch of aspects to it. But Great. starting at the top, you know, about understeer, that, that would be the first thing you would think of. We set up this mid-engine architecture. Right. The whole idea was around weight bias, getting the center of gravity more rearward in the car, more weight over the rear tires, you sitting essentially at the, the center of gravity. So, okay, now I'm going to stick a motor, which most of the people have picked up an electric motor, and they're like, well, it's heavy. Yeah. Picked up a battery. It was, that's heavy. Yeah. You know, is this going to upset the, the balance of the car? And we had the same fears, of course. We didn't want to lose the essence of and what's great about a mid-engine car. The whole way it handles and turns in. So we were ultra paranoid about the mass, and we, we, did, we put a higher bounty on saving mass than any other Corvette we've ever done. Even though a lot of sort of battery electric hybrids, they're all heavy, so it doesn't matter. We we didn't we treated it like any other Corvette, except mass was even a more premium. And you, so you see things like we have a lithium-ion 12-volt battery. Right. We have ceramic brake standard, magnesium case, which is essentially unheard of, uh, with aluminum fasteners on the motor. So everything was about minimizing the impact on the architecture we prized so well. And honestly, the weight distribution change is very small. It's like 1%, I think. Wow. 1% or 2% maybe. So it didn't change the weight distribution. And 
as we were developing both the Z06 and this car, we set up the tire stagger front to rear. When the Z06 came out, you saw it came out with 275 width front tires, which for a rear-wheel drive mid-engine car is essentially unheard of. It's a huge tire. But we were thinking downstream, that's the size we need to optimize when we put a little more weight on the front axle and ask the front axle to do a little more attractively when we put the hybrid out. So we're thinking of all these puzzle pieces along the way to put together so that when it eventually comes out, we don't go... Geez, I wish we'd, I wish we'd right. put bigger tires on the yeah. front. Yeah. Um, so the net result is, after all that thinking, that the hybrid electric system doesn't add much uh, mass in total, and it doesn't shift the weight distribution much. So that same crisp turn-in that everybody enjoys is just as good in the E-Ray. That's wonderful. Yeah, I know with my 70th anniversary car, I was amazed coming from C7 to C8. The tightness that you can get in turns is incredible. It's amazing. And I think... Part of the question might have been concern about as we're regenerating power from the front axle during a braking situation. So think corner entry. That's where the front drive unit is transmitting power and reverse torque through the tire that it might overwhelm the turn in. And so we do control the torque transmitted through the drive unit. And in some low grip situations, which the question was more pointed to, we will basically put the front axle in neutral. So we're not transmitting torque, we're not regenning, but we have a pretty nifty feature on the E-Ray called surface, we call it surface estimation. But basically we can detect through micro-slip of all four corners how much grip is available on any given surface. Wow. So we know that in advance. This is a proactive system, it's not reactive after the fact. So based on that surface estimation, we'll command as much available regen as we can and if we see a dis- disruption in the chassis balance, we'll adjust torque, either positive or negatively, in the front axle to allow that turn in to happen. That's amazing. Wow. This is a huge subject. You could tell the question was complicated and it could get far worse than that. We could do an hour on chassis dynamics with all wheel drive and an e axle and every, every place you use it and every place you have to avoid having it do something bad to you, get out of the way. It's an incredibly complicated area. That's crazy. That's amazing. Our last question for segment one comes from Mid-Engine Corvette Forum. It's JB, and he asks, if someone has a new transmission installed at 6,000 miles on their C8 under warranty for the DCT, does the DCT filter need to be changed again at 1,300 miles to keep the warranty intact? Give us some update on the DCT filter and how it should be changed. You want to take that one? (laughs) I'll take that one. (laughs) So the service interval for the transmission stays with the transmission. Okay. In the unlikely, unfortunate event you would have to change the transmission, that service interval would start over and stay with the transmission. So at 7,500 miles or thereabouts, when the service interval calls, you would change the filter in the transmission. Then at 22,500 miles, you would change the filter and the oil in the transmission. And then again in a following 22,000, so you can see the intervals are actually getting a little bit longer. Sure. Um, we tried to make it as clear as possible in the, in the service interval, service schedule, but that is the recommended service for the transmission and any component in the car. That service interval is meant for the component in the car. So we keep the service intervals separate transmission engine. Correct. So, we tried to align the first one 
thoughtfully right. at 7,500 miles so that we're not inconveniencing a customer that's getting this service that comes with the purchase of the car. They can get their oil changed, their engine oil filter changed, and their trans filter changed all at the same time. That makes sense. Great. I was just going to say, so if you had 6,000, so it would be 6 plus 7,500, so 13.5 would be his filter. Correct. On yeah. this, the, this particular person. The transmission is yeah. so different than other components that require break-in. The, t- the timer starts over again if you replace those components, whether it's the engine, say you do brake corners, <coughs> rotors, and pads. You're basically following the, the mile zero schedule from that point. It's a departmental thing, basically, for yeah. the car. Correct. That makes sense. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, let's take our first break. And when we come back, Harlan Charles, Taj Juchter, and Josh Holder answer your questions on this epic show of Corvette Today. We all know that wheels make the car. Wheelcraft will help you take your Corvette to new levels. Wheelcraft offers the world's best PVD chrome finish available on the market. Available in bright chrome and black chrome. Wheelcraft nails it in both appearance and durability. And it comes with a five-year warranty against brake dust burns, pitting, peeling, and color delimination. Wheelcraft is also ISO certified. Whether you're having your wheels refinished or an exchange transaction, there is no core fee, no deposit, and you don't pay for the finished wheels until they are installed on your car. Wheelcraft insists on complete satisfaction before you pay. Hear from one of our customers. I picked up a brochure at the National Corvette Museum and we took delivery of our new C8. I called Wheelcraft and in 15 minutes I ordered the new bright ice chrome wheels. Wheelcraft's follow-up and follow-through is superb. The wheels arrived on Sunday, installed on Monday, and cores were returned same day. The wheels are the highest quality I've ever seen and they look awesome. Great prices, great customer service from initial contact to installation. Thanks, Dennis from Nashville. In many cases, Wheelcraft offers finished wheels on exchange or will apply this new finish to your wheels. Either way, Wheelcraft treats your wheels as their own. Visit our website at wheelcraft.com or call us at 833-840-5334. Arrive in style with Wheelcraft. The Radiator Grill Store offers C8 Corvette A-pillar wind diffusers in beautiful carbon fiber or OEM gloss black that help reduce wind buffeting when a window is open. Easy installation and OEM fitment. Plus, get 10% off your total purchase with the promo code CT10 at RadiatorGrillStore.com. When you want to buy a Corvette, or any Chevrolet for that matter, get yours from Hendrick Chevrolet Shawnee Mission located in Kansas City. Hendrick Chevrolet is the largest Corvette dealership and showroom in the Midwest. With a knowledgeable sales staff and Corvette sales specialists on hand, they'll help you build the Corvette of your dreams, and they ship nationwide. With Corvette-certified master mechanics on site and a huge parts department, with over 24,000 parts and $2 million in inventory, Hendrick Chevrolet is well-equipped to take care of your every need. From sales to service to collision repair, Hendrick Chevrolet has you covered. Visit ChevyUSA.com or call 913-384-1550. And now, back to the only current podcast on Corvettes, Corvette Today, with your host, Steve Garrett. Thanks for listening and watching Corvette Today, the show that talks about everything Corvette. Brought to you by Wheelcraft. Spring is here, and you want your Corvette looking its best. Dress up your Corvette with bright chrome or black chrome wheels. Visit wheelcraft.com and learn about their advanced PVD chrome finishing. They can refinish your wheels or offer a wheel exchange, and you get a five-year warranty. Visit wheelcraft.com or call them at 833-639-4231. 
I'm your host, Steve Garrett. With me is the Trinity of Corvette. We have Harlan Charles, Taj Juchter, and Josh Holder here answering your questions at the Michelin NCM Bash here at the National Corvette Museum. In segment number two, we're going to start off this question. This is Meeby Meeby from Corvette Forum. <laughs> you know, the names they come up with are just kind of crazy. I just go by Steve Garrett on the forum. It's easier that way. But anyway, Meeby Meeby wants to know, talk about the E-Ray's position in the market and the C8 Corvette lineup. When should someone buy an E-Ray versus a Z06, and who are the competitors for the E-Ray? Harlan, this is a layup for you, my friend. Oh, yeah. So the E-Ray is really exciting for Corvette because, I mean, we've had in the past, we've had Stingray and Z06. As people wanted to move up from a Stingray, we basically had more track-oriented cars, more, you know, higher performance you know, things that were, were very aggressive. This gives us an opportunity. Yes, we got a car that's higher performance, but it moves it maybe in a little bit more luxury, high-tech GT mm-hmm. level. If you look at a continuum of sports cars, you could have something that's as close as possible to the sh- a street-legal race car, and that's where the Z06 goes. Or you could have something that's more luxury GT, high-tech. That's more where the E-Ray goes. Again, most cars are very fast, obviously, but the E-Ray is really a car that does a lot of things well if you want it for a road car to do a lot of trips, drive it more of the year with the all-wheel drive, with a little bit better fuel efficiency, things like that. Z06, and you can take it to the track occasionally too, but the Z06, if you want that race car experience, that's the car for you. As we were developing the E-Ray simultaneously, I guess a lot of other people were working on cars with electrification or hybrid sports cars. I think we're, we're really unique. You compare to the you know Ferrari, McLaren, has, and from McLaren, both have ones, the Acura NSX. They've done V6s. Right. And to make room, well, with our unique architecture, we have a V8 and we have all-wheel drive. So I think that really gives us an advantage versus the competitors out there that Definitely. we've found a better solution. Yeah, absolutely. I do think, um, you know, we talked, because some customers had asked for all-wheel drive for a long time. Some of our competitors had all-wheel drive, mechanical all-wheel drive. And so we'd been thinking about it a long time. And when we started first thinking about the mid-engine architecture, we thought we could do a mechanical all-wheel drive. And so we actually considered that. We thought about going that way versus using the electric technology, which is emerging fast. You know, it's quickly the big push for EVs around the world helps. Yeah develop motor efficiency and size and package and power and battery uh, efficiency. And the actual weight added to the car would have been similar either way. When you add a mechanical all-wheel drive, you get no improvement in efficiency. It actually goes the other way, right? You got a bunch of gears and shafts and bearings and stuff that you're spinning now. Um, so it all takes away from the power of the motor in the back. Yeah. We isolate the engine in the back it just does what it always does and then we have this new system that does nothing but add power to the front axle so it harvests energy that would go to waste normally just go into brake heat you know yeah. every time you step step on the brake if you're touching the brake in city traffic instead of heating up the friction surface wearing out your brake pads mm-hmm. you're stuffing energy back in the battery and to you it just feels like braking we already have electronic e-boost we call it and so it's seamless to you it doesn't you can't tell the difference and so it lets us do a bunch of tricks in this car that give the car even more bandwidth than we've ever had and we always pride ourselves you can do this so many different things fun things with the car sure this just extends that bandwidth with yeah. all the things that electrification can do that's really cool so you've got the internal combustion engine the lt2 in the back you've got a separate electric motor 
in the front. Like you said, Taj, they're separate. How do you get the two to coordinate together to give that Corvette experience? It's science. <laughs> Wizardry. <laughs> Wizardry. It's, you know, it's computer science is what it is. You've got lots of control modules on the car, and we started this car a long time ago, and we knew this was going to be a huge challenge, and honestly, we didn't know how well it was going to work out. Yeah. It was kind of a blind alley. There wasn't like a, uh, another car out there that we could look at to say, oh, they did it, so we should be able to do it. We were creating this, and so we had to think about, okay, all, what are all the ways, all the control systems you have to have that need to coordinate across the car to give the driver, you know, all you're doing is hitting the accelerator and all I don't really care about. I just want lots of performance. And when I hit the brake, I want lots of braking. And so we had to figure out how to merge these very different systems into one seamless experience for the customer. You think about internal combustion engines, they change performance based on the temperature and humidity. Electric motors don't. So you've got this one that's quite stable and it's got to work in harmony, this other one that's a little bit unstable, and we have all these control systems to manage that. Now we put them together, and you have those two things merging. So you really developed this whole thing from scratch. Oh, yeah. It was yeah. from scratch. That's amazing. And but, I talked a little bit about the chassis controls, but the torque architecture is modulated by a central controller that's looking at both internal combustion engine torque and front motor torque to provide wow. the best driving experience. And I, like Harlan said, the sort of the ultimate GT car, consider that the E-Ray. I would say where the E-Ray and Z06 overlap is where Corvettes are all good, canyon carving, sort of twisties. The E-Ray and Z06 and that are both super fun, but in a very different way. The Z06 gets, first of all, the sound. It's visceral, sort of raw, a little bit uh, unrefined intentionally experience where the E-Ray may have gone to charm school, but they're both super fun. The Z06 is your ultimate track machine. That's what that car is all yeah. about, and that's what it's really, really good at. The E-Ray sort of bookends that on the other side with this all-weather driving capability. You know, we're, we're driving them all winter in Michigan. The car's super capable. It opens up an area to drive and enjoy a Corvette that most customers may not have thought about before or been worried about. Well, the weather's pretty nice, but I'm going to go over a mountain pass and the weather doesn't look too good, I'm going to leave my Corvette at home. You don't have to worry about that in the E-Ray. That's really cool. I don't know if it was you, but this is really just a perfect analogy. The Z06 is like the scalpel and the E-Ray is like the Swiss Army knife. Exactly. (laughs) That was you, wasn't it? Because the the, the first thing with the E-Ray, you know, when we set this up with with engineering development, they wanted targets and and they wanted something to follow. And, and we started looking at all the capability, and it's just a car we just talked about. It's a car that does a lot of things well. Yeah, it's and, really good. And we're like Dad just saying, the Z06 is more point. It does track. It's a high performance. It's it, it does one job, but better than anybody. Absolutely right. <laughs> all right, our next question, guys, comes from mid-engine Corvette form. I'm kind of going back and forth between Corvette form and mid-engine form. This is Hog YLD, and he wants to know, we hear a lot about battery fires and PHEVs and EVs. Talk about the batteries in the new E-Ray and what the steps were that were taken to prevent fires from happening in the E-Ray. And Josh, you had talked, I think you and Taj had talked about this in your <coughs> seminar this afternoon. Yeah, I would start out by saying the customers buying or considering an E-Ray should not worry about battery fires. They should worry <laughs> <Thank> about <you. laughs> how awesome the Corvette is, how an E-Ray is going to enhance that experience even more. There is a lot of testing that goes on at GM. I often tell people, I wish you could kind of get a peek behind the curtains. We do things to components, to subsystems, and to whole cars that people wouldn't even think about doing 
uh, with their Corvette or any car for that matter. And the battery is no exception. We intentionally damage the battery, the internals of the battery, poke, literally poke holes in the cells, <laughs> run, run current through them, and verify that circuit protection and all the things that are supposed to happen in a well-integrated uh, lithium-ion high-volt battery do their job. And the E-Ray was no exception in that case. It should also be said that the battery in E-Ray is very different than the battery system in an EV, which is intended for range. It's got generally a lot of energy. Mm-hmm. The battery in the E-Ray is small, tiny by EV standards. And uh, so that stored energy, which is really the equivalent of about seven ounces of gasoline, hmm. there's not a whole lot of energy in there in the first place to, to think about fires. So uh, besides all the protection of the battery itself, Finally, it's housed in the most protected spot in the entire car, this central tunnel in the very center of the car. Uh, It's in a perfect spot, and customers and people considering the purchase of it should never, ever think about the possibility of a battery fire. That's great. And uh, one thing we talked about at the event here, there was uh, that the NCCC, the National Council of Corvette Clubs, has uh, welcomed the E-Ray to their autocross and track events. Give us a little bit more of the full story of that, Harlan. Well, I think it was just a, maybe a misunderstanding. I think that they, there was some concern maybe um, for full EVs possibly, and that was done before the E-Ray was even out, even what they even knew what it was. Right. But now, you know, seeing the car, seeing everything, of course, they're, it's a Corvette. They're going to welcome it to all the Corvette events. So, so it's an important thing because Good. if you're buying one of those, you want to be included, obviously, with all the other cars. Yes. And it was just a misunderstanding. So I think that's, that there'll be uh, something out, and that'll be um, cleared up pretty pretty quickly, obviously. And then the other thing, um, uh, Mike Kutcher, who's our lead engineer on the E-Ray, he put, he, he, he had, it put some things that, like, that we had done half a million miles of testing already. And we're still doing, we've gone to seven tracks, 1,500 laps wow. without any incidents. So it's been working great. Don't worry about your battery fire. Just worry if you want a scalpel or a Swiss Army. Exactly. <laughs> right. There you go. All right, our next question, guys, comes from Mid-Engine Corvette Forum. It's Javenius, and he wants to know if there's any chance of getting a transmission fluid life monitor added to the 2020 through 2022 C8 as maybe an over-the-air update. Yeah, so we technically could provide an over-the-air update for the transmission service life monitor, but we consciously chose not to. Oh, <laughs> And I'll okay. explain why. Okay. There was worry, and based on some of the questions, I would say it's, the worry is justified, that there would be confusion after that update because while we could update the software in the car to make this work, technically, the customer would be responsible for its reset point. <laughs> Oh. We, we, it would be vastly more complicated to, right. by each car's individual mileage, automatically adjust that in an OTA update. Yeah. And so we've decided to minimize confusion. We're going to treat the trans service life monitor that came out as a, in the spirit of gradual continuous improvement, uh, but not so important or impactful that we would want to over the air update older cars and cause confusion. That makes sense. That makes sense. You guys have thought of everything. That's pretty cool. That's really cool. All right, our next question comes from Corvette Forum. It's Rothen, and Rothen wants to know if there's any situation where the battery can completely drain out on an E-Ray. What do you need to do to prevent complete battery drainage? That's a good question. It is a good question. So I can start? Sure. (laughs) 
The answer is possibly. You would have to work really, really hard <laughs> to do it. The battery is um, it's designed to operate within very specific limits, and it's constantly tailoring what it does based on how you're driving. So uh, we did things like charge uphill. So you think about uphill in a, a slippery road where you might want to use the all-wheel drive portion of it, and you might have less opportunity to put reverse torque on the front wheels because you wouldn't want to put reverse torque sure. heavily on a slippery road. Right. Um, so we've we've done those very challenging situations like miles of uphill and not drain the battery. You would have to do, you know, we have conditions. Like if you uh, wanted to drift the car, if you're drifting the car. Cyclones. Like, <laughs> right. So, yeah, right. Just, if you sit there and spinning like you've seen on television. Right. Um, that is a condition where you could theoretically drain the battery. In reality, there's no real world way that you would ever do that. You couldn't do it. Sure. So there'll be drifters out there who maybe go find a way to do it, but it's not a regular customer condition. Exactly. It's an extreme. And since I've done it, I can tell you what you'll experience. <laughs> uh, you, first of all, the totally drained never really, really happens because we want to make sure that the casting controls I was talking about earlier are consistent. The last thing you'd want to have happen is for the car's dynamic behavior to change radically because there's not enough battery energy mm-hmm. to provide control of the car in a consistent way. And so we will warn the driver that, uh, you've, you know, you'll see your battery life drain down. It'll say no E all wheel drive. Oh, that's not really true. What we're saying is that E all wheel drive for straight line performance is not going to be let out. We're going to leave a little bit to keep chassis controls. And because we're doing that, we're not let the, letting the horse play that ensued prior to that right. uh, continue because we're not going to let the motor uh, provide that sort of power. But the stated charge of the battery is constantly monitored you you have to do these kind of juvenile you have to try to drain it really hard yeah if you do a stealth exit you can get it really low for example if you if you're good enough with the pedal and you run it all the way until the battery is low enough and kicks on the internal combustion engine you'll see this and you'll also see the battery state of charge climb right back up because now we're doing what we call through the road charging once the internal combustion engine is up and running we're trying to build that battery charge back as fast as we possibly can. So what if they drive the length of time that they can drive on the front motor, they're still under 45 miles an hour. What happens if they drain that battery, but they're still under 45 miles per hour? The internal combustion engine will come on, even though you're under 45 miles an hour. Okay. Yeah, when that state of charge gets low enough, we'll do the start sequence. Some people have seen after our presentation today what that start sequence looks like. When the the engine's up and running, if you were to look at your power flow gauge... Mm -hmm. You'll see that even though you're driving maybe at steady state, we're putting power back into the battery because we're trying to replenish it as quickly as we possibly can so you can do your next maneuver. So it, the internal combustion engine can kick in even if you're under 45. When that front motor is drained out, Yeah, 45 is not the only thing that'll kick in the engine. Okay. State of charge is one. Your rate of throttle progression is one. Okay. The grade, there are all kinds of conditions that'll turn that on. You really have thought of everything. We try. That's great. The, the battery is extremely protective of itself, the whole system. Yeah. So you have to try to trick the systems to get it to do something, to get even close to a low right. state of charge. So it'll turn the internal combustion engine on if it needs to. And we actually only use a fraction, a surprisingly small fraction of huh. the battery's total capability. We sort of operate in the middle between fully charged and fully depleted. So when the gauges look like they're fully depleted, that's fully depleted of what 
you are allowed to mm-hmm. use oh. in your driving condition. There actually is more headroom above, which you can access sometimes, and more headroom below. Gotcha. Okay, that's good. Th- that's good to know. Only a little more than half of the total capacity we're using. That's cool. All right, our last question in segment two comes from Corvette Forum as well. It's from Richard2591. He says he misses not having the rear trunk lock underneath the license plate. Why don't we have that on the 2023s? Tad, you're laughing. Go ahead. You start. I got this question today, and my first question to Richard2591 is whether he'd actually ever used it or not. That was something we had on the C7. On the C7, right. it made a lot of sense. Yes. Um, if you had a dead battery and you wanted to get into the interior of the car, the hatch is a big opening. You could open it mechanically. You could climb in, climb through to the front, open the doors with the mechanical latch. Right. So... That was a vehicle access strategy. Sure. For C8, you can't get into the interior of the car when you open the hatch. So we have a latch or a key cylinder that's hidden in the quarter panel. That gives you access to the occupant compartment. To the door. Yeah. Yeah, to the door. It'll open the door for you. And so that's the reason we have the key cylinder. The one in the back really only gives you access to what's in the trunk. So a lot of people ask, well, geez, what if I have to charge my battery? You charge your battery. A lot of people don't realize after decades and generations of having the battery in the back, the battery is actually in the front. Everything's right. reversed <laughs> on a mid-engine car. So we put the battery in the front. So the sequence is you have lost your battery power, no 12-volt power at all. Use the mechanical key, open the door. Then there's a pull cable under the steering column before, that'll pop the frunk. Now you have access to the battery. You can get a jump, you can charge it, whatever, and then you're full up and you can open the hatch. So we didn't really see a use case left for this. Right. And so it's extra mass and cost that we saw fit to get rid of. It's a, it's a vestigial And I feature. thought it was only there at first because it was a similar manu- manufacturing was using it because of the C7 process, and later they realized they didn't need it. Yeah, that, the, that was a part of the reason. There, there was a... F- few reasons for i would call it legacy to be kept into the car we you've heard us say a lot that uh every gram has to earn its way onto the car right that earned its way on and then it earned its way off it got kicked <laughs> off the <laughs> island uh and i know people out there oh you guys did it for cost cutting well it yeah it saved a little bit of money we really did it for the mass we've it turns out the weight of that part it's got steel tumblers inside of it. it's on a cast housing there's a big steel bracket that holds the part itself and then right. there's a steel cable that goes through the tub a potential leak path into the tub through a grommet there's just a bunch of baggage weight but the the mass of it was more valuable to us than the actual piece cost of the components that we got rid of and it allows things like when we when we take that off now that mass can be spent on things like a cinching hood in 2024 mass is very important to core it always has been and 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 we have a carefully kept i would call it a formula because it's not the same for every car for every place and the real practical use case for this was really for a technician it's underneath it's buried oh. under a license plate sure i know somebody'd say well i can take a quarter out of my pocket i don't know who carries change anymore but you'd have to have Popeye forearms, it's still yeah. pretty tough sure. to get the license plate off. What I think caused some, I'll call it internet confusion, is that there, there was a potential failure in the latch that would prevent even the key from opening the latch. Wow. We found it on one poor car. And so there was a service procedure created, and it turned into a bulletin and it never should have. The service procedure, because that particular car was full of stuff in the trunk, um, oh. we couldn't use what I'll describe here in a second. We had to 
literally drill a hole in the hatch with a hole saw and unbolt the striker and open the panels. Wow. Very sad day for that car. People saw that in the deletion of the key cylinder and tied the two together. They have nothing. Actually, removing the key cylinder, if this should ever happen again, allows easier access if the trunk is full of luggage because you put a small hole in the tub right where the key cylinder was. Now it's not obstructed by a piece of steel. Right. You put a hook through it and you can pop it open. And then you plug the hole in the tub with a, with a, a patch. Yeah. The service, official service procedure on a convertible is just like a Slim Jim through a door. It's easy. Uh, and you pull the interior trunk release. On a coupe, you loosen the rear wheel liner and dislodge the grommet for the body harness okay. and get the Slim Jim through there and pop it open. Okay. These are super rare. This is not a normal use. This is for a latch that has this rare failure, not a dead battery. Yeah. So that- people should not mourn its loss. They should celebrate the fact that now they don't carry around this never used dead weight. Exactly right. <laughs> it's common sense logic, everybody. Come on, get on board. Get on board. Let's take our final break. When we come back, we'll answer more questions that you have for Harlan Charles, Taj Jector, and Josh Holder here on Corvette Today. Are you ready for a better insurance policy without the Corvette tax? With agreed value protection, the value of your collector vehicle will never change. Plus, you'll save money. Get a quick quote at ncminsurance.com. Hey, honey, are you awake? Mm, I am now. I can't sleep. Since turning 50, I keep dreaming of a red door and a blue door, somehow knowing there are only choices for retirement. Okay. Through the red door, we outlive our money. We have to rely on our kids. We're stuck on a fixed income. It's terrifying. Yeah, that would suck. But through the blue door, our money outlives us. We retire on our terms. Our kids stay our kids, not our caretakers. We make work optional. Yes, that's much better. That's what I want too, but what do we do? We call True Wealth and Company at 913-653-8783. They specialize in helping successful people make work optional. They're our fiduciary Blue Door personal wealth managers. Hey, where are you going? It's 3 a.m. I can't sleep. I'm going to check out True Wealth and Company online at retirewithtrue.com. That Blue Door is going to be our retirement. 913-653-8783. Visit us online at retirewithtrue.com. Investment advice offered through True Wealth and Company, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of Kansas. Welcome to the world-famous Auto Direct Corvettes, America's best pre-owned Corvette destination. Family-owned for 70 years and three generations, the number one Mid-Atlantic Regional Dealer of the Year for 15 years in a row. Corvette enthusiasts nationwide all say we have the... The best Corvettes in the USA with 125 Corvettes and exotics in stock. We are C8 and C7 Corvette heaven and proud to say 50-year Corvette specialists. AutodirectCorvettes.com, 856-461-1199. You're going to love our Corvettes as much as we do. We guarantee it. VetFinders.com is the Internet's original Corvette classified ads website with classified ads starting at just $25. And every ad runs until your Corvette is sold. If you're in the market for a Corvette, VetFinders.com has over 500 Corvettes for sale from all around the USA and Canada and covering all eight generations. Visit VetFinders.com. The Internet's destination for buying and selling Corvettes. That's V-E-T-T-E, finders.com. And now, back to Corvette Today with your host and my husband, Steve Garrett. Hey, thanks once again for listening and watching Corvette Today, the show that talks about everything Corvette. Brought to you by Wheelcraft, 
spring is here and you want your Corvette looking its best, dress up your Corvette with bright chrome or black chrome wheels. Visit wheelcraft.com and learn about their advanced PVD chrome finishing. They can refinish your wheels or offer wheel exchange and you get a five-year warranty. Visit wheelcraft.com today or call them at 833-639-4231. I'm your host, Steve Garrett. With me is Harlan Charles, Taj Jucter, Josh Holder, we are answering your questions from Mid-Engine Corvette Forum and Corvette Forum. In this third and final segment, John Elegant. We'll start off with another question from John. He says, Josh, would you personally choose to drive an E-Ray or a Z06 if you're going to the grocery store, a spirited country drive, taking your wife out for dinner, or going for a haircut? I think we should start with you, Josh, and everybody can answer. All right. Well, I would say it's mission specific. Yes. Uh, yes. It depends on where I'm going, but uh, they're both awesome. My ultimate would be to have both. Why not both? What's wrong with both? Why? Who said the rule you can only have one Corvette? I like the way you think, buddy. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we've touched on this already, and both are really good, but in different ways at the, at the yes. mission of Corvette. Yes. Z06 excels at its specific mission of, of track work. So if I was going to a track day and uh, doing something that um, I wanted that all-out feel and performance, I would I would choose the Z06. Uh, if maybe if I was going on a long drive, didn't know uh, what the weather might hold or what the situation might be, I would, I would pick an E-Ray. But they're yeah. both super capable. They're both every bit the mission of Corvette, and there is no wrong choice. That's right. Tad... <laughs> You feel the same question. We'll all answer more or less the same way. It depends, it depends on <laughs> what we're doing. So. Yeah. Um, in some cases, it depends on who we're going to see. I have friends who might be completely blown away by an E-Ray if I showed up silently. Right. <laughs> you know, there, there'd be um, things that you could do that would really impress some people. They're very different characters in cars, but they, all, yeah. they both have tremendous bandwidth. If I was going to hammer by myself in a car, if I was just going out for the peak driving experience, it's... Z06 Absolutely. all the way. You're going to fly yeah. if you have open road ahead of you. But if I'm going on a long trip, perhaps with my wife, like Josh said, you're not sure of the weather, it's going to be E-Ray every day. Absolutely. All right, Harlan, you're up next. Yeah, it's funny because it's almost like a, a heart versus brain decision. <laughs> like your heart like wants the Z, you know, because the engine really sinks to you. But if you only could have, if I go to the, I know, like Josh said, that's a great answer to have both. But if you really could only have one, I would say for me, actually, the E-Ray does more thing. You know, if I, I like to drive across the country. I like to drive it all year. I never want to be the one that puts the car away for the winter. So the E-Ray kind of fits what I would like to do. But I do love the Z06. It's kind of, you know, we were trying to find personas. I don't know if this will resonate with everybody. Know. But I'm, I'm like good. a, I'm like a, say, a Star Trek. I like watching Star Trek. So to me, it's kind of like Kirk versus Spock. Like Kirk is very emotional. He's physical, very passionate. You know, to me, he'd be like the Z06 driver. Right. Where Spock is very logical. He's still very strong. Still can a hero in his way. He would probably be scientific. That would be the E-Ray right. personality. Good analogy. I like that. <laughs> I didn't know you were a Star Trek fan. Oh, sure. <laughs> I don't know how the haircut got in there, but I think if I'm going to get a haircut, I'm going to drive somebody else's car because <laughs> I'm usually shedding after a haircut. <laughs> well, I never get, I never get no, one. Everyone so, never gets one. Right. So it doesn't matter. Well, see, I got a haircut once, and I cut it short, and look what happened. I hate it when that happens. All right, let's go to the next question, guys. This is from Corvette Forum, and this is Jean Foum. 
And John wants to know if the E-Ray will be sold in Europe, will it be homologated and compatible with Euro 7 exhaust norms? That's a good question. It will be sold in Europe. Nice. It will be sold under, if we're going to get technical about European requirements, it's Euro 6D at the moment. Okay. That's its uh, whole vehicle, you know, type approval certification. Uh, Of course, as regulation changes uh, throughout the globe, we will meet those regulations wherever possible. Uh, But right now we're planning to sell the E-Ray in Europe. And and right-hand drive for the UK as well. Very nice. Yeah, and it's it's not a, a huge lift for us. We already homologate the Stingray over there, so same engine. Right. We have the exhaust treatment required for over there. It's almost a plug and play. You have to do calibration work, but it's a, a relatively low hanging fruit to make sure E-Ray can go into the market. It's an easy step, isn't it? Yeah, that's great. Relatively, relatively easy step. <laughs> All right, let's go to the next one. It's from Corvette Forum. It's 6870 Vet. He wants to know, when will the 2024 model colors, interior colors, and options come out? He'd like to start planning right away, Harlan. Today. We just announced them all today. We have the three. Actually, actually, when the E-Ray came out, we showed the three new colors that we have. And uh, we have the Riptide Blue. We have the Cacti Green and the Seawolf Gray Tricoat. Yes. Our new exteriors. And we also have a new Artemis leather interior which we have shown here with the cat we've shown on the cacti e-ray show car which goes with that really nicely a lot of people like that combination it's beautiful just beautiful that's great and so the i think what they're getting at with this question though is that that applies to all not just e-ray but the stingray and z06 as well those new colors and new interiors as well and we did announce a couple other things today uh, we talked about the safety features. Right. And the one I think convertible people are going to be excited about is our new convertible appearance engine window option where you can lift the tonneau and now see your beautiful either LT2 engine in a Stingray or E-Ray or the LT6 in the Z06. Glad and you, can you get came out. engine cover options and things like that. That's so great. So we're really excited. And we're recording on Friday, April 28th, so now you can go online. He might have been asking about pricing as well. He wants to start planning, he says. Yeah, pricing is, is still a little... We we did announce the E-Ray prices already, and the other 24 prices will come out a little bit closer to ordering the summer. And you and I did a podcast on the E-Ray specifically, so that was covered back then as well. So yes. we'll see that. That's great. Our final question comes from Lucky W on Corvette Forum. He says, are there any plans for an official lap time at the Nürburgring for the Z06? No. So... <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, and Tad can elaborate. We all can talk about Nürburgring. So, we obviously spend a lot of time at Nürburgring, and we get well-publicized photographs of us doing our mission-specific work at Nürburgring. And I use the term mission-specific because that mission is to develop the car at that track that offers all kinds of things in one location that you can't really get anywhere else. When we did the work on the Z06 and the E-Ray, and many Corvettes throughout the past, it's become increasingly difficult to get open track time, weather, and all the other factors to cooperate in the most perfect way possible to get a lap time. So if those confluence of factors all come together, we would go and, and try to get a lap time. Right. But it's, it's never actually really been our mission to go try to do that. Um, we're not done going to Nürburgring. Uh, so if we're back there again and, and the stars align, we would uh, likely make another attempt. Um, but that's why there isn't a Z06 lap time. It's not because we don't want it. It's just not the sole reason 
to go to Nurburgring. Yeah, that and makes you sense. You have to think how different it is for us as a North American manufacturer versus the Europeans where it's in their backyard. So exactly. they can look at the weather. They can be there in a day's notice. Right. We have to pack up shipping containers a month in advance <laughs> to get all our stuff over there to, to, like, right. to do our development work. And so we focus on the industry days where industry the oems can come and do their test work right so we know there's a window where we're going to be able to have a week or more uh test work done so we focus on those days and sometimes we're rained out or snowed out or whatever exactly but we we make the effort to ship all the stuff over make all the arrangements fly everybody over there so it is a huge effort so it's not like we can spur the moment okay looks like conditions are great next week let's rent the track we, we just don't have that kind of lead time. So we have to get really, really lucky when we have every all the personnel, the cars, everything has to line up with the weather. And we've been quite unlucky, I would say. You know, we never did it in C7. Right. We ran into all kinds of obstacles. In fact, the track has changed hands and the rules have changed. So wow. it's been uh, a tough neg- negotiation. So it can't be the top priority for us because we'd spend all our time and resources doing it uh so we have to kind of hope to get lucky someday we'll we'll do it if we get a chance if the stars align and we're happy to share those uh when we can uh but we can't make it our primary mission but if but if people are are looking for bragging rights you know car and driver just did their lightning lap at vir and it's a more not quite in our backyard but at least it's on the same continent and we did very well on the lightning lap Right, fifth best, and that's a third party test, and that's a third party, not not exactly. your own hot shoe drivers and uh, unsupervised cars that could be stock or they could be close to stock. <laughs> I'm not saying anything. I'm just saying that's not a litmus test. You don't have yeah. same cars, same days, same driver kind of ranking of performance. And we know, at least really closely, what the Z06 will do on the Nurburgring. We're 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 not going to advertise it because we don't have that video stringed along in right. one lap. We've got segment times, and that's just not the authentic way we would ever publish a Nurburgring lap time. And you got if you think about when we're at Nurburgring, it's you know most of the way into our development cycle. We're not all done, right? So we're there learning and still tuning the car. It's not really a fair assessment during that loop of tuning when the car isn't even completely finished to then try to get a lap time because we're we're, we're still making the car quicker. Tweaking arrow, yeah. tweaking chassis. Exactly. You're also seeing online, there was one recently at the French track that Europeans have done, done you know, race over the, over there, driving car. And you, you, if people are looking, for, I think a lot of people, okay, Nürburgring is cool, but I think a lot of people want to see how does the Z06 compare with the best in the world. Right. And there's a lot of, like Tash mentioned, independent people putting, a, and we're really doing well against high-end competition. Absolutely yeah. right. Can the Z06 get any better? I don't know. That'd be tough. It's pretty good. Yeah, it's, it's really good. <laughs> it's pretty darn good. Yeah. Well, guys, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day here at the Michelin NCM Bash to do this. It's been so much fun having you on, getting people's questions answered. Maybe we'll make it an annual event. Oh, here we go. All right. All right, we'll see you next year. The bash is an annual event. (laughs) (laughs) No, he means the, yeah. Yeah. All right, guys, thanks again for everything. I appreciate you being here. Thanks for having us on. Thanks, Steve. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Corvette Today. And please be sure to tell your family, friends, and other Corvette enthusiasts about the Corvette Today podcast. And thanks to our sponsors, Wheelcraft. Want to dress up your Corvette with bright chrome or black chrome wheels? Visit wheelcraft.com to learn about their advanced PVD chrome finishing. They can refinish your wheels or offer a wheel exchange for most models, and it comes with a five-year warranty. Visit wheelcraft.com today or call 833-840-5334. 
Soul Performance Products at soulpp.com, the official exhaust of Corvette today. True Wealth and Company at retirewithtrue.com. Also, Aerolari Wheels, get $100 off your purchase with the new promo code CT111 at aerolari.com. And Hendrick Chevrolet in Kansas City at chevyusa.com. You've been listening to Corvette Today with Steve Garrett. If you'd like to contact Steve with any thoughts on the podcast or ideas for guests on Corvette Today, you can email him at stevegarrettdj at gmail.com. That's stevegarrettdj at gmail.com. Garrett has two R's and two T's. Or connect with Steve on social media on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram using at stevegarrettdj. Thanks again for listening to Corvette Today.